The Celtics season now seems to be in a bit of flux as rumors surround head coach Ime Udoka. The Patriots get set for a big week three matchup against the Ravens, their home opener. This is the Press Pass. I am Chris Ryan. Well, the offseason seemed to be going tremendous for the Boston Celtics. Two great acquisitions, bringing in Daniel Gallinari as well as Malcolm Brogdon. Then Gallinari got hurt. Robert Williams coming off of a knee injury. He is going to have to have knee surgery. And then a huge bombshell hit the early morning hours of Thursday as head coach Ime Yudoka will be suspended indefinitely by the team for violating protocol in regard to having an intimate relationship with a female staffer. It still remains to be seen as we do this show how things are going to play out there. But a Celtics team that was deemed to be the favorite to win the NBA championship last year, already dealing with some significant adversity as they head into media day on Monday and training camp next week. The New England Patriots were facing some adversity heading into their matchup against the Pittsburgh Steelers, a tumultuous training camp in which the offense had t- trouble finding any layer of consistency and continuity. Offense started to turn around, had a good game in Pittsburgh. Defense was great and special teams with some key plays as well. So the Patriots find themselves at 1-1 one and one after two games, difficult games, on the road to begin the season. And they will now take on Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens on Sunday at 1 p.m. in Foxborough. And of course, when you talk about the Ravens, it is all about their superstar quarterback, who is probably the fastest quarterback to ever play the game. I talked with Patriots defensive lineman Christian Barrymore. When you think about Lamar Jackson, what are the first things that come to mind? Lamar Jackson, he a good, he's a good player, real good player, um, really fast. He can throw. Um, he's a dangerous guy on the run, really, and he's a good, he's a good quarterback. Do you feel like he's one of one? Like, has there ever been Lamar Jackson before? Is he um, just kind of a video game type runner? Uh, yeah, for sure. You know, it's always a Michael Vick to me, you know. <laughs> but Lamar, no, he, I think to me he's a one-on-one. You know, he's a good player, real, um, you know, good guy. I don't know, I'm just saying, like, real good player on the field. And he's just, that's like, really, you know, real good player. What's gone right for this defense so far? It feels like you guys are very much connected in all aspects uh, of the defense. Yeah, we really just doing our job, really making the linebacker, making try to make the linebacker for easy for us, the playoff, um, doing, being consistent and being everything the coach tells us to do. So stay in your gap, play everything, just don't try to be, don't stay, don't, don't do nothing, ain't nothing your job tell you to do, and just really play, do your thing and do your job. That's really, that's what we got to do. Everybody got to play their job. Here's Josh Uche. When you think of Lamar Jackson, what are the first things that come to mind as a defender? He's a dynamic player. I mean, that's the former valuable, most valuable player of the league, and you know, cover Madden, you know, all types of stuff. You know, just Lamar Jackson. So, also caught up with the head coach of the New England Patriots, Bill Belichick. Morning, Bill. How are you? Hey, Chris. On the Nelson Aguilar catch from a technical standpoint, what did he do right there that allowed him to have success? And is that something that you can coach? Or is it just an innate ability there to make that play uh, technically? Well, we, we talk from a coaching standpoint about going up and getting the ball at the high point, and, and uh, there are going to be some, some 50-50 balls like that. Uh, we had one last week that uh, we lost to Tyreek Hill. Uh, had one this week that we made. Uh, there on Witherspoon, so uh, Nelly made a great, did a great job of going up and, and getting his hands on the ball, and then kind of ripping it down and pulling it away. So um, uh, you give him all the credit in the world on that one. That was a, a tough catch, and as you said, a fifty-fifty ball, and it came down in our favor. But uh, he he timed it well and went up and and fought for it strong, kept his balance, and 
and went into the end zone. It was a, a huge play in the game and a great individual effort on his part. In terms of playmaking on the defensive side of the football, having watched the film, what stood out to you about your group collectively and their ability to make plays, particularly when it came to creating turnovers? Well, we had the we had the interception on the on the play action uh, kind of pop pass there. Mac made a you know an outstanding play of dropping uh, to his left to the outside, and then um, you know planting and coming back and and reacting very quickly to get his hands on the ball to Mills, and then um, had our hands on a couple other balls. That was a close play where uh, Mills got the ball out on. Uh, Johnson that Uche returned, but uh, he was ruled down. Uh, so well, we'll just keep working to get the ball out uh, as much as we can. And uh, we had our couple last week that um, got the ball out, but it was out of bounds or, or we were out of bounds or, you know, whatever it was right there by the sideline. But we just got to keep keep emphasizing the, to get pressure on the ball, and uh, hopefully we'll get, get some that we'll be able to take advantage of. Thanks. You're welcome. Belichick's son, Steve, along with Gerard Mayo, are considered to be the de facto defensive coordinators for the Patriots. And I talked with Steve about the team's defense. Hey, Steve, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Awesome. Um, what is the sense that you're getting in regard to the cohesiveness of this defensive unit? Obviously, kind of two games into it. But do you sense that there is a cohesiveness between you know what the secondary is doing, linebackers, and um, also the line, whether it's with the running game or the passing game, that's uh, significant? Um, yeah, you know, I mean, uh, we've only played two games here. Um, but, yeah, just kind of the, the whole group working together, building trust. Um, you know, at all three levels from the D line to the linebackers to the back end and, and guys changing spots, uh, in terms of, you know, guys like Judon dropping and becoming, let's call him a second level player and guys like, you know, in the safety room, um, dropping down and, and playing at the linebacker spot. So we'll continue to, to work on that stuff and keep building trust, um, you know, from the coaching staff and the players and, and do the best we can with the, with the pieces we have, which. Um, we definitely have some good ones out there. So it's just it's a it's a building process as we go, but um, just got to keep working at it. It's still early in the season. Do you feel the group's established an identity yet? And if so, is the identity different than it has been in years past? Um, you know, I think, like I said, we've only played two games, so um, you know, it's hard to say. Like this is this is what we are. This is what um, our identity is. You know, there's a lot of a lot of football left to be played this season. We're not too concerned about that right now. We got some goals and targets that, that we want to hit. But at the same time, I think every team is different. Uh, or I should say every defense is different regardless of the year. Um, you know, the players change, the scheme adjusts. And and we're just trying to, you know, kind of find our way and, and get on the right track as as the 2022 defense that we are. Two key players in that game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. One, Mac Wilson Sr., also Dietrich Wise Jr. Uh, for Wise, he has been on the team now for a number of years. He's 28 years old and seems to be starting to come into his own. Played 80% of the snaps so far this season. Hey, D, how are you? What's up, Chris? How you doing? Good. Um, kind of going back to what you're talking about before, um, is there anything specifically you feel like you've done in order to – create confidence amongst the coaches to be out there as much as you have in all types of, of situations or areas that, like you feel like you've grown uh, to create that trust? I would say consistency. 
That's one thing that I've um, always worked on digitally, making sure that I'm consistent in the areas that I need to improve on and consistent in the areas that that they think I'm really good at or I believe that I'm also good at. So just showing up every day, doing the same things, working hard, and um, that's the only way you can do it. And final thing, what do you feel like this team has done in the first couple of games to kind of build an identity on the defensive side of the football, particularly when it comes to making that extra play, but also creating uh, turnovers. And we're doing a phenomenal job. Like I said earlier in the season, we're looking to build our chemistry. And I think that's one thing we have done. We built our chemistry. We worked super hard. And what we're doing now is we're playing well together. Um, up front, the big guys up front, DG, LG, uh, Balmore, um, uh, uh, Carl Davis, those guys are doing a phenomenal job stopping the run, taking on double teams. Um, myself, Matt Judon, uh, Josh Uche, and, and Jennings, uh, we're doing a wonderful job setting the edge and putting pressure on the quarterback. And the rush and the run is 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 mirroring with uh, is actually parallel to the coverage on the back end. All the DBs back there are doing a phenomenal job locking down their guys. And we're we're playing. We're getting better each week. We have a lot of things to continue to improve on, but for the most part, we're doing a phenomenal job, working hard together, meshing together, and kind of like understanding the the whole defense in a sense so that we're able to to play well together. And that's what we're doing these last two games and looking forward to doing it next week. Here's Mac Wilson Sr. Hey Mac, how are you? I'm great. How are you? Awesome. Um what is your feel for how good the the pass defense is at this point and what do you think is contributing to uh, uh the success you've had through two games? Uh, yeah, like you said, uh, it's two games. You know, obviously we're in week two. Um, we're just trying to keep building on what we've been putting on display uh, this far. So yeah, it's been pretty good, but we can't get complacent. You know, we just got to continue to to keep stringing things together, continue to keep working hard, keep our head down, and just control what we can control. Do you feel like you guys are starting to build an identity? As you mentioned, only two games, but you guys seem like, you know, ball hawks, whether it's a guy catching the ball, trying to rip it out, you obviously with that play that Mike was talking about, getting your hand on it and tipping it. Um, what's the philosophy on on that? And do you feel like there is an identity building? Uh, yeah, definitely. You know, first and foremost, uh, playing this game, you know, um, you obviously can't do it without forming some type of identity. And, you know, that's what we've been been creating since the offseason. You know, OTA is all the way up to training camp until the season, preseason into the season. And, you know, we just we just always talk about what we want our identity to be as a defense. And, you know, that's just playing hard, making plays, you know, causing turnovers, you know, and not giving up explosive plays, no mental errors and things like that. So we just try our best to to keep our foot on the on the, on the gas pedal, you know, take everything one day at a time, you know, one work day at a time and just continue to form that identity with the way we prepare for games. Wilson Sr. acquired from the Cleveland Browns via trade in the offseason. Check in now with Patriots captain and special teams hall, future special teams Hall of Famer, Matthew Slater. Hey, Matthew, how are you? I'm well, Chris. How are you? Good. Kind of built upon what you're talking about there with Mike. Um, it seemed like that was evident in all three phases of the game, that there was you guys playing with an edge, looking to create turnovers um, and m making that extra or putting a little extra effort in. 
was there a particular place where that that came from? Was just kind of a realization of you know what this team is. Where would you say that came from, um, good Steelers? Yeah, you know, I, I think you mentioned. I think this is going to have to be part of our identity. We're going to have to be a physical football team, and we're going to have to stand up to the teams that we play, and and that's going to need to be an edge for us. And and that's something in this league that's hard to do because there are so many uh, physical units and teams that you're going to go against. But for us, I thought that was our mentality, and we talked about putting that mentality on going into a place like Pittsburgh, um, you know, you can't come up with their half step. And so for us, we wanted to come out and, and be the hammer, not the nail. Uh, I know in the kicking game, you know, I can list off almost everybody that played, um, you know, from school to D Mitch to Jelani to Mac Wilson, um, you know, to Cody to, you know, the list goes on guys really stepping up and bringing, a physical edge, but that's that's who we are. That's who we're going to need to be for our team to be successful. And I think we understand that. Now we just have to find ways to do it consistently. When you look at what's going on with the returners, punting and kick returners, obviously guys getting accustomed to that position. We saw Miles Bryant in the first quarter there. What what is your sense about where things are at there, and kind of some of the the difficulties of um, of adapting to new roles for those guys? Yeah. Well, look, we're encouraged by all the guys that we have back there, <clears throat> whether it be Miles in the punt return game or, or Pep, who's been back there in nine-man situations, or whether it's Doug, Ty, um, Brother Strong. I mean, all those guys we have a lot of confidence in. Now, the thing that needs to be said is all those guys have varying degrees of experience, right? So there are going to be some some learning experiences that happen on the field, Um that we're going to have to live with, and that's okay. We just have to make sure that, you know, like we always say, when the ball is kicked to us, we need to leave the field with the ball. Again, on the Boston Red Sox now, who are playing out the string at Yankee Stadium this weekend against the New York Yankees before concluding their season, the early portion of October. For Trevor Story, it's been a challenging year, one that has had injuries, one that has had a Red Sox team not play all that well. Story signing a long-term contract in which he expected that this team was going to be competitive for a World Series championship. Talked with Trevor Story about where things sit with the Red Sox. Check, check, check. So first year in Boston, how would you kind of summarize the experience in being here, playing here? What's it been like? Yeah, it's been good, man. It's been, uh, you know, for me, I think up. You know, a lot of ups and downs, uh, just performance-wise. Um, so, you know, looking to clean that up. But, you know, overall, just playing, you know, being a part of this organization, playing for the Red Sox, uh, playing in front of these fans at Fenway Park, is uh, there's nothing like it. It's such a unique uh, atmosphere, and um, the fans, you know, are the best. Man, they care so much, and they just want us to do well. And um, you know, represent them well. So, um, yeah, it's been great. I feel like the injuries have been a huge part in kind of the ebb and flow of the season, the stop and start and so forth, where it feels like at the end of the year, your stats would have been pretty much what they're, they usually are, particularly how you've you know, come, come around over the last little bit prior to this injury. <coughs> yeah, you know, it's frustrating a little bit with the injuries, but, um, you know, it's not – it is never easy, you know, starting and stopping, starting and stopping. And, um, yeah, you know, I feel like I made some good adjustments, um, you know, coming off the hand injury and, um, you know, kind of ran, ran into this foot thing. But, you know, injuries are part of the game, and I think, uh, you know, everyone deals with them. So, um, uh, 
it's just kind of been one of those years. But, um, yeah, I think overall, you know, I, I can be much more consistent. And, um, you know, like you said, at the end of the year, I have – have those those numbers that that represent um you know what i've done over my career but um yeah at the end of the day just just want to play well so we can win what's the the turbulence of the season been like everything going on you know around you there's you know xander and and rafi their contract situations you obviously came here to be a big part of things with these guys and see this core is that kind of unsettling for you what next year may look like um yeah i know I think that's obviously, you know, the, the business side of it is a huge part of the game nowadays. Um, and you're right, you know, that, that is, that's the reason why I came here. You know, I wanted to come here and, and play with, you know, this core group of players. And um, we feel like we have a special, special group here. And uh, even though we underperformed and, um, you know, we battled a lot this year, but, uh, you know, we, we know that uh, the people that we have, um, we're capable of winning a championship and um so yeah like you said that that's part of you know that's one of the biggest reasons i came here is to win and um you know we need we need good players uh like that to, to stay to win obviously we haven't gotten to see as much as the Z- of the xander and trevor dynamic as perhaps we would have liked obviously this year but it felt like you guys had a re- have a really special chemistry as well where everybody's like well are these guys gonna be able to be compatible with one another and it seems like you both have this tremendous mutual respect for one another yeah no that's 100 percent accurate um you know just even from the start of you know kind of the first moment i walked in here you know he's been nothing but uh you know a really good friend really good teammate and um and we've gotten pretty close and it's uh it's cool you know you know coming kind of the situation you know coming in is you know it could have been you know, it could have been a little different, and the way he handled it, and the way that we both went at it was, uh, you know, couldn't ask for anything better. And um, yeah, I mean, it just speaks to the kind of guy he is, kind of leader. Um, he wants to win, man, and um, at all costs, that's that's what we're gonna do. Final thing, you know, your approach to second base has been pretty amazing too. In that new position but it feels like you've got better and better throughout the course of the year got more and more comfortable and at a point now where you're one of the best defensive second basemen in baseball how how would you kind of describe what that was like in taking on obviously a great shortstop moving over to the second but do you take that as a, a challenge of okay i'm gonna play here and i'm gonna master this or be as close as i can to it yeah um you know given uh kind of our circumstance um you know, I've, I've said it all along. It's about winning, and um, you know, moving to second gave us you know the best chance to win. And I think, um, yeah, man, I just I tried not to uh, to overthink it. Honestly, you know, I was really just trying to like be a shortstop at second base and um, be athletic and still make all the same kind of moves. You know, the angle's a little different, and um, there's some technical things that are that I had to learn a little bit, but. Um, yeah, man, just uh, just relying on my coaches, relying on these guys to help me out with those small things, and um, it's been great, man. It's been I took it as a challenge, and it's something that I embraced, and I wanted to, um, you know, I still feel like I have a lot of work to do, and um, I know I can get better. Sweet, appreciate it. Yeah, man. This past weekend brought Bobby Witt Jr. back home for his first games at Fenway Park. Witt Jr. has been taking major leagues by storm. A individual who comes from Canton, Massachusetts, the son of former major league pitcher Bobby Witt. And an individual that, uh, in my view, is going to be one of the best shortstops in baseball for years to come. 
Joined by Bobby Wood Jr., one of the top rookies in baseball this year. And some local ties here to Boston. His dad grew up in Canton. He spent some time there as well. And I believe he spent some time on the Cape as well as a kid. So what's it like for you to come kind of your second home? Oh, it's awesome. Just I've been to probably 10 games here. Grew up a Red Sox fan, Patriots fan, Bruins, all of them, Celtics. And so it's really cool just to be able to. It's a dream come true. So tell me a little bit about your kind of relationship with this park and coming here as a kid and now coming here as a big leaguer for the first time. Yeah, it's just, it's super surreal. I went up in the Monster earlier, got to sign my name in there. Actually, one game when I was little, I sat up up, up there. So just now being able to play out here and fulfill another checklist in my dreams. Snapshot Fisher Cat season came to a close, and one of the guys we enjoyed watching this year was Addison Barger and my New Hampshire Bobcats team, Got a chance to uh, talk to one of the uh, Fisher Cats players. So I'll be joined by Addison Barger of the New Hampshire Fisher Cats. Having a great start here in New Hampshire, hitting 316, plays the infield. And I got a whole bunch of, well, at least five of my Bobcats guys here, and they're going to be asking Addison the questions. First off, I want to start with this. When you were their age, what did you like the most about baseball? And they all want to play at a higher level. So what are the keys for them to having the right routine, having the right um, you know, set up in order to play moving forward. Yeah, I mean, I think at that age, uh, you gotta you gotta have a passion. So you gotta like the game. You gotta have fun. That's a big thing. I mean, I know it's cliche, but uh, definitely at your age, it's, it's about having fun. And uh, if it's something you, you really like, and you want to stick to it, then yeah, you're gonna have to take it to the next level, and it's, it's gonna be something you have to take serious, keep working on for sure. Any guys have questions for Addison? How many home runs do you think you've hit out of like your whole life? Oh, my whole life? Yeah. Uh, not many, man. I didn't start hitting homers till last year, really. Really? Uh, yeah, I have 23 this year. I hit 18 last year. Uh, but growing up, like your guys' age, I think I hit two. Like two before I was in pro ball. That's, my whole life. That's crazy. Yeah. So how'd you go about trying to generate more power? Uh, well, a lot it of it. Happen? It was just like physical development yeah. for me. I was underdeveloped like as a kid. As junior in high school, I was 5'2", 100 pounds. Like I was a tiny guy. So it was just about... Uh, Becoming a man and getting bigger and stronger. Obviously, a lot of time in the gym and stuff. Yeah, looking but. at your stats, like you started to click. Like this year, you started to become a, a top flight, you know, minor league player, a guy knocking on the door of the of the big leagues. So, yeah. was it just body development, or did something else kind of click for you to get to that <clears throat> point? I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of things. But uh, the work, my work ethic's always been there. Like I've been working since I was four years old at this, like every single day. So, uh, I think it's just a lot of experience in pro ball. Like it takes a lot of at bats to get there. Uh, like I just got to a thousand career at bats, which I think is is a, an important milestone for each player to be re- like show ready. Like you need this many at bats. Yeah. you know what I mean. So development, just over time, a lot of games. Brent. Oh, Ichiro. I'm from Seattle originally. Ichiro is my, you know, Ichiro, Ichiro Suzuki, or a little before your time. What actually drove the passion outside of the game? What? Uh, probably my dad. So my dad was, you know. He was uh he was one of those I don't I'm sure you guys have him like hardcore dads. He was on my butt a lot growing up. And uh but he, he uh he took a lot of time uh to work on the game with me. Like whether you know, if he was at home we'd be practicing two, three hours every single day. So my dad. You mentioned, you know, the failure part of the game and how it can eat at you. And yeah. for kids this age, like it is so important, you know, just to have fun and enjoy the game and take the little things in the game what do you recommend to them about getting over you know when they make an error when they give up a hit when they walk too many guys when they 
you know, strike out more than they want to. Like, what do you recommend for them in kind of taking a step back and and make sure that that doesn't eat at uh, I think you just have to understand at your age what results-wise, results don't matter at your age. Like, it does not matter. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to – I mean, I'm, when I was 12, I made, like, six errors in one game on shortstop. Like, it doesn't matter. It, it's all about the process. You just have to develop as a player. It's not going to really matter till your junior or senior year of high school. Like, it's really not. So you, you have to forget about mistakes and just worry about getting better. Brent? If you could hit it against any legend pitcher, who would it be? Oof. I'll say Nolan Ryan. There you go. I'm good heater. No Randy Johnson? No, I don't want to lefties. <laughs> I don't like lefties. How did it feel to get signed? Oh, I mean, that's that's something you uh, you dream about as a kid, right? Like, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's awesome. I mean, it's, that's a crazy experience, man. That's That makes everything worth it. All the work that you put in over the years, all the sacrifices you make, that, that makes it all worth it, man. It's special. All right, we close out with Jay-Z. How did you feel about Griffey when you were a kid? How do I feel about him? Uh, I mean, yeah, he was he was sick. One of the best swings of all time. I I liked him, but <clears throat> I was a little young. Like, I think by the time I was a Mariners fan, he was on the Reds. 